You're listening to The Catalyst with Samantha Chris, where we explore the inner workings of embracing the unknown, from ordinary daily habits to extraordinary measures. Get ready, we're about to ignite change and inspire action. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Samantha Chris, and today I am joined by Yael Geffen. Yael is the CEO and shareholder of Lou Geffen Sotheby's International Realty, as well as a member of the Europe, Middle East, India, and Africa region task force for Sotheby's International Realty. She grew up in a real estate dynasty established by her grandmother, and prior to joining the family business in 2009, she acquired extensive real estate marketing, brand building, and business development experience in the United States. Yael is also accomplished as a public and motivational speaker, and her broadcast experience includes hosting and producing her own radio show on Chai FM from 2013 to 2017. Yael is currently completing her professional certification as a global feminine power coach and is the 2020 winner of the Stanford Bank's prestigious Top Woman in Property Award. Yael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Samantha. I'm just going to correct you there because it's, I'd love it to be Stanford Bank, but it's a standard bank. Standard Bank. But Stanford Bank so sounds so much cooler. <laughs> I wish it was that. We don't have standard banks here in Canada, to the best of my knowledge. So maybe no, that's no, it's only a South African bank. And then just the radio show was called Chai FM, like a sound. Um, so so that's the radio show is Chai FM, like a and then um, Standard Bank, and and then that's all. I mean, the rest was fantastic. <laughs> What the listeners didn't hear was take one where I mispronounced your name even after practicing it. And of course, the radio station and the bank butchered it. I mean, that's, that's real life, you guys. It's, you know it. It's all good. It's all good. I'm so used to people butchering my name. When I lived in the States, they called me Yal. Come, Yal. And then <laughs> Yal, Yal was another one. So it's all good. Oh, goodness. Okay, before we officially begin, I want to congratulate you on your recent award as the Standard Bank's 2020 Top Woman in Property. What a huge accomplishment. I am so excited about it. It was interesting because I woke up the next morning like I had a new puppy, that feeling of, oh, there's a new puppy in the other room. (laughs) And it was winning the award. And um, I think I'm so excited about it for a a couple of reasons. 2020 has been a really crazy year, as we all know. So it was so wonderful to get such a great piece of news before the end of the year. Mm -hmm. But the women in my category, the top women in property, were so power and high-profile, successful women in property, uh, definitely leaders. And for me, that was very exciting. And and the idea of winning at something, you know, when life is so out of control at the moment. And, you know, I, I, I have a problem with this whole false humility and virtue signaling and all that, you know, where we're like, oh, truly, I'm so humbled. No, you're not humbled. <laughs> if you were humbled, you wouldn't be saying I'm so humbled. Nelson Mandela never said I'm truly humbled. He was humble. So for me, 
it was so nice to just embrace and celebrate such an exciting moment without saying, I'm so humbled. And, you know, it was just, yay. I felt like a kid. It was awesome. Oh, good for you. And I think that's such an important lesson for everyone is that we feel the need to sometimes dim our excitement for the benefit of others when it's like, it's, it's just so much fun to just celebrate. I mean, this is a big deal. And people want to celebrate with you. That's the thing. We, we right. almost feel like, oh, I can't, I can't shine too much. I can't, you know. But there, there's such a difference between that false humility of so truly humbled and yay, awesome. This was amazing. And people <laughs> want to feel happy for you, truly happy for you. But we've almost got like a, um, what's the word? A nose for rubbish and a nose for false humility. And it actually makes us feel the other way about a person, ironically. It's, it's like we've got a bit of a bullshit barometer, you know? So <laughs> I, say, I say celebrate, celebrate your wins and, and be authentic and don't try and look and be someone else because you're not, you can be you. I love that. And I love your willingness to go against the grain. It's part of the reason I was so excited to have you on the show. You've got such an awesome outlook, one that I think a lot of people, a lot of women in particular would really benefit from. And when asked about your thoughts on change before recording, one of the things that kind of raised my brow and piqued my curiosity is that you said when you think of true change agents, you think of the pack of wolves that were reintroduced to the Yellowstone National Park. And I would love to get to know further, what is it that makes the wolves the epitome of change and what can we learn from them? So I'm not sure if you've seen that YouTube video, but if you haven't, please check it out. It's, there's an actual YouTube video on the wolves, that, that particular pack being reintroduced by a, a man with a lovely voice who sounds almost like Sir David Attenborough. <laughs> you know, he describes the wolves. And... Um, for me, what is so fascinating about change is we often think, oh, well, what, what difference am I going to make? Or, you know, there's just one of me. Or what, what small difference is my team going to make? Or if I do that, how much of a change am I going to make? But when you see these wolves, so I'm, I'm a nature lover and I particularly love wolves. I love um, how they lead. I mean, the alpha leads from the back. Mm-hmm. If you ever look at the, the way that the pack is, you know, the normally the weakest on the in front with the, the strongest kind of in between. And then uh, the alphas, then there's the children and the mothers and then the alphas leads from the back. But in this particular scenario, these wolves were reintroduced into Yellowstone National Park. And what they did in the shortest amount of time was they changed an entire ecosystem. Even the rivers and the way the rivers ran and the rock beds within the rivers, uh, the beavers came back, certain flowers came back just because they hunted certain prey. So they... um, there were certain there was an overpopulation of deer so they they hunted the excess population of the deer and then that has a profound kind of cascading effect on everything else and that's what we don't realize often we give up i i, I notice that 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 moment of opportunity actually lies in the week <laughs> before we give up 
Mm. And it's that week. It's like the next week magic happens, but it's just in that still quiet moment that we're not quite sure of what's going to happen. And we kind of fall into the trap of, oh, well, what can I do? Or, oh, it's not feeling like success yet. But these wolves, it's just innate. It's instinctual. And the entire ecosystem changed for the better. And I urge any of you listening to watch it on YouTube. I can't do it justice in that beautiful accent and the footage of all the animals. So for me, a, a change agent isn't this you know, glamorous kind of Tony Robbins rocking up on the stage, although he is a fantastic change agent. <laughs> but for me, there's also the kind of silent change agents that, that get on with it and do it anyway, like the wolves, you know, and, and, and that, that's true power for me. And as the leader of the South African representation of the most prestigious real estate brand in the world, do you feel like you're leading the pack? In your industry? It's interesting because I've, I've very much led from behind. When I first became CEO, I didn't want to go out with a very masculine way of dealing with things. I did start, look, I love wearing ties. I really do. And I think it's very sexy for a woman to wear a tie. But I did find myself in situations where I was challenged to either be one of the guys. Um, and, you know, when I worked in the States, I remember I was in a management meeting and the guys threw a football around the room. And they, I was the only female in management. And I said, hey, what about me? And they looked at me in absolute horror, but then they threw the football to me <laughs> as part of the circle. And then I realized I actually don't want this football. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like we think, oh, because we want a seat at the table, we need to kind of masculine up a little. Mm. And I've been doing a lot of work with the feminine power community. Um, Claire Zamet has this institution where I, I've just become a better human being as a result of it. And the idea is there's a place for masculine energy. There's a place for feminine energy where it goes horrendously wrong is when either sex tries to overcompensate. And I've seen it. I mean, I've dealt with women in the finance sector who are so masculine. You think that they can pee standing up and they, they have, they have such a hardness to them and they talk like a man, they walk like a man. But what they don't realize is whilst they might be feared, they're not respected. And those are two very different things. So for me, if I came on board with a very masculine approach, I wouldn't have been asking the questions that I would have. I believe it's so important to ask questions when you don't know what they are, even if you expose yourself, because you'll just never, ever get better. And you'll never know, you know, what people are talking about if you don't know the answers to them. So I try to approach a way of like the wolves kind of leading from behind and almost being a bit of a dark horse in the sense where I was watching and learning etc but now it's it seemed to culminate in this beautiful award and you know the response has been amazing and i do think that feminine power in real estate is is awesome and a lot of the men have taken notice 
um, I have been unpopular in some circles on in some real estate institutions that I feel are very outdated and have a very sexist approach. I've left and it hasn't made them happy, but staying in those kinds of institutions only perpetuates it for other women. And I've been very vocal when I've left it, you know, not wanting to make trouble, but just being transparent as to I'm leaving this because this is very outdated and you need to be more inclusive. And only when we stand up with each other and we stand up for each other's greatness, can we truly make change. You know, there's a pack of wolves. It's not one solo wolf. We need a wolf pack of feminine wolves. And so I find when women come to this realization and step into their power, they're often met with a ton of resistance because their ambition is perceived as such a threat. When they found their voice, when they have found the ability and the willingness they want to stand up, they want to be heard, they want to claim their space, it can be really threatening for other women, not just for men at the table. How, what has your experience been like with that? That is uh, never a true word has been said in terms of um, women who are getting a bigger seat at the table or better seat at the table uh, can threaten other women. And, you know, I think about that financial lady as the perfect example. But the grand irony is that if we resource ourselves and support each other, we can all get so much further. And, and the grand irony is that women want other women to succeed if they truly understand the greater mission. And often we we forget the greater mission. But in this course that I'm doing and my coaching certification, you know, there's, there's three struggles that we have as women. We, we make meaning out of shame. We've got shame-based meaning. So if something happened, like I went through a divorce, a very hard divorce, and wherever I went, I carried this shame with me. And, and that's, you know, there's two parties in a divorce. It's not just me. It's the other as well. But we, we carry shame. Uh, much more than men uh, in general. And then we've got lack, right? So now we're in a position, we've got, we're ambitious and we think, okay, I've got this bigger seat or better seat at the table now, but what if she takes it away? Or I don't want her to look at me like that. And if we operate from that space, we're so disempowered. And the third is resources. And often we don't realize that the other women that are sitting at the table or in the office that we, we work with are our greatest resources, are our greatest champions. And are you, have you been met with resistance when you're trying to support, when you're showing that you want to celebrate, that you want to lift other women up? You know, people who might think that it's not coming from a genuine place. Yes, um, I think there perhaps, perhaps are some women that have been so indoctrinated and so ingrained in this masculine system that can't believe that it can be as easy as I'm showing it to be. Mm. You know, it's, it's, and, and, and they can't, you know, for them, it's scary. They have survived and thrived in inverted commas, because I think we could all thrive a lot more out of that system because we're women. They, that this has been their survival. Now along comes someone saying, listen, we're in this together. I support you. 
you support me. Let's let's thrive together. It it, it challenges the whole system. It challenges the way you've survived. So sure. But, but it's so important for these women to see women like myself, yourself, others paving the way in this new direction so that they can think, sheesh, maybe there's another system. Maybe right. we can adopt a more feminine approach here. And I don't have to act like a man because I can tell you it's a lot harder to act like a man than just to be yourself. And I mean, I don't know if I've you know, lived a, a naive life, a blessed life, maybe somewhere in between, but having that type of reaction, either other women feeling that I'm disingenuous or feeling threatened by my success, I, I don't really feel that. I mean, I hear a lot about women being catty and trying to tear each other down. Fortunately, it hasn't been my experience. And I think that we're moving into a new era of women realizing that we are stronger together, that if things are going to change, that we need to work in unison. And I'm, I'm super grateful that that's been my experience. And it seems that for the most part, you're part of a pretty significant and, and empowering circle yourself. Yes, I think, I think from what I'm hearing you say, you lead from a very empowered place and, and it's contagious for other people. When it's truly authentic, if, if you're trying to pull it off and it's not real, people can sniff it. It's like an insecurity leak and it's leaking everywhere. But if it is authentic, which it certainly seems for you, it's people actually want to jump in and, and play the game with you, mm -hmm. you know, and and if we can just carry on setting that that example, I think I think we all win in the end. And I've got the most amazing friendships with the women in property. I'm. It's interesting because another way we as women can also get through the awkwardness of this is humor. And I use humor often. For example, if I met you, Samantha, I would say to you, "God, I hate you. Your hair is so great." It's so manicured. It's so chic. I look like I've just been dragged out of a washing machine. And you know what that does? That just kind of levels the playing field. Not, not that I'm trying to win you over with my sense of humor, but I'm trying to show you who I am. I'm trying to be vulnerable. I'm trying to be transparent. I'm saying to you, hey, I've got a pimple on my chin. Please don't look at it. You know, because we're so busy covering up all the time. And if we allow ourselves through our humor or just be a little bit more transparent or vulnerable with each other, that normally makes the other person feel empowered and feel safe and ready to share with this other person. So I know this is just an example and it's one that I think a lot of us can relate to, but you touch on something that I've actually seen as a bit of a pain point in the circles, the new circles that I become part of, you know, that's communities, industries, and it's this notion of self-deprecating humor and belittling ourselves, which I know wasn't your intention with that example, but kind of playing ourselves down, whether it's our appearance, our ability to, like you said, help empower the other person. And so how do you suggest going about that kind of being vulnerable, letting ourselves, our true selves be seen without falling into the trap of making ourselves look small? Now, that, my dear, is a fantastic question. <laughs> it could be challenging. It really could. But if you're doing it from an authentic place, I think if, 
if you truly love your flaws or okay, whoever really loves their flaws, if you're, <laughs> if you're comfortable with your flaws and you've learned to accept them, then you can self-deprecate in an endearing way and still be great and stand for your greatness. And I think whilst we can self-deprecate a little here and there, it's more like me saying, gosh, your hair is amazing. Do I have to say to you, I just look like I've been dragged through the, the lawnmower? No, I don't necessarily have to say that. That's just me, yeah. But I could say, wow, you look amazing, you know? And, and just celebrate that other woman or she's this show of yours is, is incredible. The things you do are so sensational. It's, it's not often that people compliment each other like that because they feel slightly threatened. But the, the trick is not to fall into a pattern of self-deprecation where it becomes so familiar that you are. You're dimming your light so that others can shine, not you. Mm. So it is a challenge, and, and, and it's a real challenge. But, but, um, and I urge women not to do that. Uh, but but to choose the moments and to be genuine, to be really genuine and also to become self-aware. You know, on this journey of being a CEO, I was a very young CEO. I took over at 38 and I was new to this position. I had been in management for a long time, but I was now the only woman in the top four real estate brands in South Africa as the leader and the youngest person and I was shit scared <laughs> <laughs> I was but I I was I I honored that I didn't go in there you know that that expression new broom sweeps clean a lot of people think well if I don't go in and shake stuff up they're gonna think I'm weak and it's not that at all you go in you observe you get to meet people, you develop relationships, you, you observe some more, like the wolf pack leader from the back, and then you start to get into a bit of a jive, a bit of a routine. So I think that's also important, you know, um, where our, our ego doesn't get into the way of things. Which is a huge challenge, and it's something that I've re recently realized that it's <laughs> something I'm still battling with. And it, I find that ego has a tendency to creep up when you least expect it. And it's something that, you know, truthfully between you and I, I would have told you in full honesty, would have bet my life on it, that it's something I had in check. And it's still something that I need to consciously keep at bay because it can be so self-destructive. <laughs> It can be, but you see, I can tell you for sure that you are a person that doesn't suffer from an ego problem because you check in with yourself, you know, and you can see, you know, your, it might flare you up every now and then, but, but you're able to be so self-aware that you can check in. A lot of people with true ego problems don't even have that filter. And that's what's so scary. That's so you know? true. And at least you can check in. I can check in. I can be like, whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't feel so good right now. And often I find that it's, um, it's the people that we hate that make us great. Because there's a trigger. There's a trigger. And then you've got to think, what is triggering me about this person? You know, especially if another woman's threatened by another woman. Often it's because they actually have something in common. Often it's because they're staring into a mirror 
And because there's a similarity or something that they have, which they haven't come to terms with. And very often, these two, if given the chance and the time, will end up becoming best friends. Totally agree. I see that a ton in my network. And I think, you know, you mentioned self-awareness. It's a huge piece of the puzzle because in order to get ahead of that, you have to know that you're doing it and you have to recognize what it is that triggered you in the first place. Oftentimes I would agree that it is, you know, they are reflecting something back in yourself that you're not quite sitting well with, but sometimes it's also, they've achieved something that in some level you've convinced yourself you can't achieve. Exactly. And to see them do it, it's just gut-wrenching, but to shift the perspective of instead of, oh, it's them and not me to one of, well, they're showing it's possible. It's totally. Can- Totally. And you know, it's interesting because in my younger years, when I lived in America and I worked at an ad agency in LA and I was a strategic planner and I remember I was quite disempowered at that time. I mean, I'm I'm a very different person today, but at that time, I remember a new a girl, a girl, a new lady, a new woman started. And I landed up spending most of my time thinking, what is she doing? What is she presenting? What clients is she working on? She was gorgeous. She was just, she looked like JLo. She just had a rocking body. She was smart. She was so nice. So nice. Like I got on so well with her. She got on well with everyone and she was very good at what she did. And I remember the one day I was talking to my brother, my late brother about it. And I was like, oh, and then this, and in this, and he said to me, Yeah, El, yeah, El, if you're in your own movie, who would you hire to play you? Because right now you've made her the main character of your movie. Mm. And I thought to myself, Oh my word, if I spent this amount of energy on myself as opposed to giving it to someone else that I have absolutely no control with. And yes, it's, it's a trigger and I'm clearly feeling disempowered. Can you imagine? But now for me and, and what I tell other women out there, it's not about beating that other woman or that other man. It's about beating your personal best. And if you think of a triathlete and they run alongside a lot of other people, But are you focusing on those people while you're running? No, you're focusing on your watch, your time, your breathing, you know, you're drinking some water. And then when you finish, you look at the last time you did the racing and then you compare yourself to that moment. And that's something that I learned from feminine power is just, Yael, stop focusing on X, stop focusing on Y. How are you beating your personal best today? That's it. And I'll tell you, it is so empowering and it, it is so energizing because you realize how much time and energy you've exhausted thinking about other people and their journey. We all have a different journey. We do. And before hitting record, you and I were talking about how there is still somewhat of a dysfunctional paradigm and women are still very much perpetuating it. And is this part of that dysfunctional system, in your opinion, the comparison game? Yes. And I'll tell you what's even worse than the comparison game for me. It's women keeping quiet. Mm. Um, A perfect example is the other day I was on a mailing list of all the real estate leaders in South Africa. um, And 
someone was upset with this founder of this uh, real estate. It was a certain publication because he was talking about investment property and how you can do it without real estate agents. And this man, rightfully so, this real estate leader said, listen, you know, we should be supporting each other and we, we, there's a space for all of us. And he said, no, agreed. I don't know how the copy got in there. And then this man says, but you know what I think we should do? We should do a panel where we um, invite three or four of you gentlemen who represent the real estate industry and have you on this panel. Now, for me, I just thought, hold on a second. There are four very powerful women on this list. Yes, there's about 30 people on this list. But just to assume that the men are the real estate leaders, you gents, I just thought this is insane. So I wrote back, as I do, <laughs> copied everyone <laughs> and said, hi, so-and-so. Uh, this is a very interesting idea. But if you, if you look at the list, there are some very powerful women in real estate on this list who are also leaders. So I think it might be nice if you would be inclusive and include some of the women on this panel. And I found his response so condescending, which made me even more mad. He said, hi, Yael, thank you so much um, for the, the feedback. And you'll be happy to know that our cover this month is a woman for Women's Month. And that's like saying there's a, a Women's Day. You know what I mean? Like one day a year where you can have your little podium and get on your stage and get your roses. And no, every day should be Women's Day. We should all be equal. And what upset me the most about this is I was the only woman on this list responding. And what upset me even more about that is it's the apathy. They're so used to this that they just don't, they just shrug it off. And, and we're guilty of apathy. We're guilty of thinking, if I make a stand, it's again the change agent. Oh, I'm a lone wolf. I'm not going to make a stand. But if I tell you, do you know those women, a few of them phoned me and said, well done. We've always wanted to say that and that. But they didn't echo it. And mm. there's, this, there's this fear, you know. And, and that for me is really sad. Like anything, I mean, like any new habit or muscle that we need to flex, it requires practice. It requires encouragement. And I can understand how being in your situation and looking at them and saying, hello, can someone echo this? Because this is not, you know, just my, my baton to hold. But the more exposed women are to that type of, to standing up, to, to almost, it almost gives other women the permission to voice up. And I do think that if they have felt oppressed for so long or have felt that, you know, it's not even just in the workplace, perhaps that carries on over to home. Like it's, it's hard to say, just speak up, just say something when you've been encouraged and unshown your whole life that it's not acceptable. All this to say, you know, it's just, there's, there's a learning curve. And I think in this case, it's steep. 
absolutely and steep you know you actually just gave me chills i've got goosies you, the steep is really the word there it, it it really is and it's very scary and it feels very unsafe you know i'm i'm quite a i'm a person that's okay with conflict um but if if you're not okay with conflict and you you're not okay with kind of making a stand this is very scary kind of just spreading a bit more light on the fact that there is another way that there are other opportunities that you can both be yourself and be heard you're on a mission to spearhead a revolution and i am dying to know what this revolution is i mean we've gotten to know you a little bit and there is just a fire in you and i can imagine if there's something that you are dedicated to spearheading that it will undoubtedly happen the revolution that i'm spearheading at the moment is to lead from a place of authentic confidence there's a huge difference between confidence self promotion and self inflation and often we self inflate thinking this is what we need to be doing because everyone's doing it and this is how we need to stand out and my revolution is to teach women to lead from a place of authentic confidence so i'm challenging you whether you're a woman or a man to just look at what you're doing and say is this authentically confident is this self inflation or is this self promotion because there's two very different roles that these play self promotion is great self inflation we hate the moment we see someone self inflating like i said we can smell it it's like an insecurity leak i don't need to say serial entrepreneur i can say entrepreneur it's the same thing right if you look at richard branson's linkedin profile he's a fantastic example it says founder of the virgin group <laughs> it's not you know what i mean like and and i've had to do an audit on my own stuff as well sam i looked at my linkedin profile and i was like activist activist really nelson mandela was an activist i mean <laughs> he went to jail for 27 years and here i've got on my linkedin profile activist yes i support gender uh, quality i'm very um passionate uh, uh, about women and men against child abuse but am i really an activist like let's get real with ourselves and i think that is the revolution it's an authentic revolution where we we come to terms with who we are and lead from a place of authentic confidence versus the self inflation and i'm telling you we will get further people will respect us more we'll build long lasting relationships and be more successful in business and in life that's that's the revolution i want to lead there we have it and so for those who are listening thinking yes i am ready to step into that version of myself who rejects the idea of self inflation and really wants to step into authentic confidence what is one thing they can do today to step into that power Well, I would get a NBF and it's not a new best friend. It's a no bullshit friend. <laughs> it's someone that you trust on a level whether it's in your career or in your life that can call you out on your BS and say, "Listen, really? You're an activist?" Mm. You look at your profiles, you look at all your social media, you look at your company's social media and you go through it and you assess 
what what is part of this is self-inflation what part of this is self-promotion and there's a difference there's a real difference and then you identify <laughs> is this a pg podcast or not really sad <laughs> mostly <laughs> pg <laughs> Okay. So I call it a crisis of confidence. Okay. And there's an acronym for that. It's a cock. <laughs> it's your crisis of confidence and you identify your crisis of confidence and you say, okay, this is the area where I'm clearly feeling a little bit disempowered, a little bit this, instead of saying serial entrepreneur, why don't I just say entrepreneur? You know, what am I trying to point out by saying serial entrepreneur? Or, you know, it, next time I get nominated for a great award, truly humbled. Really? Really? Nelson Mandela <laughs> was humble. You're not truly, say, so excited to have been uh, nominated for this award. Can't wait for the awards night. People want to celebrate with you. But when they see that there's anything fake, I believe, and I've got a keynote talk about this, it's called Make It Without Faking It. And the problem is we've been so programmed to get into this fake it till you make it, fake it till you make it. I'm telling you now, with authentic confidence, we can strive, lead, and change everything we want and live a life of greatness in much less time than faking it till you make it. It's an old adage that just doesn't work anymore. Oh, what a way to end this chat. Yael, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can people follow you to learn more about what it is that you're working on and just stay up to date with you? I mean, you've got so many fun things in the works. Thank you. I like yourself. I like to, you know, get, get busy in all different channels. So I think the easiest place would be my LinkedIn for now. It's Yael Geffen, Y-A-E-L Geffen, and I'm on LinkedIn. There's Facebook. I'm on Facebook as well. And if you're interested in my company, it's sotheby'srealty.co.za. So it's the South African, uh, Sotheby's International Realty, South Africa. Wonderful. Thank you once again for taking the time and being on the show. Thank you so much, Seth. Friends, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of The Catalyst with Samantha Chris. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I hope you're feeling a little more equipped to lean into the unknown and take inspired action.